Welcome to Bell Interrupted. Are you out of your damn mind? You get to drink from the fire hole! This is an embarrassment, a disgrace! What? What's the matter, kid? You got wax in your ears? Don't do it! You got Tammy and Parker! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Film Erupted. This is the show where I get to do whatever I want while dealing with the constant antics of Smash. We can review movies, video games, and who knows what else. Episodes can be spooky to oddly informative to downright stupid. I am your host, Phil Allen, and I do welcome you to the show. Well, 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 here we are, episode 126, and I want to stick on a theme here of hoaxes. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about famous Wikipedia hoaxes. Uh, I kind of got on this topic because the last episode we did, the John Titor episode, and some people think that that's a hoax, which it very well could be. Um, If you haven't listened, go back, check it out. You'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, That was the last episode again. Now, it got me thinking about hoaxes, right? So I was doing some, some internet searches on hoaxes and reading about some stuff, and I stumbled on a few Wikipedia ones. And we all know... You always hear people say, oh, Wikipedia, you know, not that trustworthy. Oh, I read it on Wikipedia. (laughs) So I thought it might be kind of interesting to start reading more about these hoaxes that have uh, been on Wikipedia. And I came to find out that there are a ton that have existed on the Wikipedia. Now, most people don't use Wikipedia for, I don't don't know if you're allowed to use it for like, uh, like school papers and stuff. I'm not sure if that's allowed or it's be more like official journals and stuff. I, I'm not really sure. Now I do know that uh, like reporters and things like that for newspapers and whatnot aren't supposed to really use Wikipedia as a source again, because if you don't know, I mean, I'm just assuming you already know this, but if for some reason you don't know, it can be the website can be edited by anybody. Basically you just have to sign up and you can go in there and you can make adjustments. Now, some of the, Various hoaxes that have been done over time. Uh, Some of them have just been by mistake. People have the wrong information. But generally speaking, there's two categories. There's an actual hoax article or there's a hoax like add-on, which is basically something inside of an article that's, you know, 99% correct. Somebody may add in a sentence that is ridiculous or like a paragraph that's nonsense. And people generally will find it and they will get rid of it. In fact... There's like a group of people for Wikipedia that do this very job trying to keep the website as honest and correct as possible. Now, there's also they've they've done algorithms, these computer programs, which will also go in because they found that humans only got, I believe it was around like 60 something percent correct in identifying a false article where the computer program was able to get to around 86 percent accuracy if if discovering that an article was indeed false. So they, they use both human and computer to try to root these out. Generally speaking, if somebody posts a fake article, you know, it's pretty amazing stat here. I read that it takes generally less than an hour for Wikipedia to detect it. And then it gets further reviewed and gets pulled. So really, you know, it seems like it's a pretty difficult thing to get something to stick on Wikipedia. They have a pretty, pretty strong program to try to get rid of this kind of stuff. And they say that about 99% of fake things get taken down uh, within a day or so. Sometimes if it lasts through that first hour, maybe it makes it another day, but it doesn't go you know much beyond that. And hopefully not many people have really read it and gotten false information if it's only there for 24 hours. But if it gets past that first day... Now it moves into a different category. It's like less than 1%, like way, way less. These are the ones that somehow generally will stand the test of time because they've sort of made it through the initial checks and no one's really going to notice it from this point on unless it's like like something major. And again, like if you like did an edit on like, I don't know, like Michael Jackson's Wikipedia and you put in something obviously bogus, there's going to be enough people reading that page that someone is going to catch on to it. One of the editors is going to either notice it or be made aware, and they're going to they're going to correct it. But if as I get into show, showing you some of these ones, some of them are really obscure. And if no one is looking this up and never noticing it, it's just sort of going to disappear into the large, gigantic, vast web of Wikipedia articles, and it'll just get lost in the shuffle, so to speak. So we're going to go through a bunch of those today. 
And some of these are kind of benign. They're not all that interesting. And you can see why they slip through the cracks and nobody really noticed them. Now, some of them are totally absurd. And uh, I have a couple here that I really, really enjoy. And you wonder how these got through. You know, but with that being said, I guess we should get into it because we've got a whole bunch here. So we are going to start on uh, probably one of the most famous ones here. This one is Tim Verfalier. I can't pronounce it. He lived from 1893 to 1934. He was a Belgian painter who was one of the smaller figures of the Flemish Expressionism period. Flemish? I don't know, I don't know if that's real. In his younger days, he traveled through the Scottish Highlands. The atmosphere he witnessed there would remain an important influence in his works. And that's it. That's the entire article on this guy, Tim Furfluffly. And that lasted for a game-changing Wikipedia record 13 years and 4 months. That tiny little paragraph about that Belgian painter. It went unnoticed because, frankly, it's really not very exciting. Like, that guy could have been real, I guess. But he wasn't. And uh, such a boring article, it just stayed there. Here's another one that's kind of similar. Eric Van Veel is some sort of... He was an actor or something in the 1922 horror film Nosferatu. And he supposedly sent death threats to the director. Now, it says here, although the subject might have been a real person, this and other such extraordinary claims about him... Uh, were not correct, such as that he had to be executed and things like that. Those were, those were not true. There's no sources to back this up. This was uh, perhaps one of those ones where they add on to the article in the hoax. This one is was on there for 13 years and three months, so just shy of our other record of 13 years and four months. Just shy by one month there. Bont. B-O-N-T. Bont is a ball game originating from southern France. This is a game. It's a cross between croquet and hockey. It's a competitive sport that involves all six players. Well, that's the maximum number of players that is allowable by the game. And what you do is you hit a plastic ball, which is similar to a like a hockey puck kind of thing, a hockey ball. Maybe a street hockey ball is what they're thinking. What you do is you want to shoot it through a single hoop that is erected on the grass playing field. The player to score the most hoops is declared the winner after a period of two 20-minute halves. This is completely false, bogus game. Nobody's ever played this. Nobody knows what this is. You heard about this game and you read about this? Nobody knows what Bont is. It was there for 12 years and 8 months before being discovered and deleted. This next one is Bine. B-I-N-E. This is a fictitious ancient Akadanian demon who claimed to equip demons with wings in preparation for the second coming. It was also claimed to have actually been a mortal carpenter who died and who rose again. Now, despite having no sources, the hoax was included in Teresa Bain's Encyclopedia of Demons in World Religions and Cultures. Ooh, ouch. See, this is what you don't want. That was published by McFarlane and Company... See, now there's where Wikipedia can get a little shady. This poor Teresa Bain, whoever that is, did her Encyclopedia of Demons and thought that this Bain demon was correct, was actually true. Probably didn't really check into it much, saw it on Wikipedia, threw it into her book, and lo and behold, it was discovered to be a hoax. That particular article was on Wikipedia for 12 years and 4 months. These damn reporters, it's fake news, it's fake news. This next one is about celebrities, and lots of people, um, let's, how should I put it, people fake their deaths, right? You see it online, you see it in the news, well, not really newspapers, but mostly online, social media, things like that. Well, it also happens on Wikipedia. People will go in there, change somebody's article, say, that person did, but they're not. And one of the most famous ones to have this happen uh, was Sinbad. Remember Sinbad? You know, he's not dead, but remember him? He was he, man, he was in Jingle All the Way. I mean, come on. That's a classic. I mean, he's been in other stuff, too, but he was really good in that one. Anyway, back in March 2007, somebody decided to edit Sinbad's Wikipedia page to claim that he had died of a heart attack. And Sinbad first learned about the inaccurate information uh, on a telephone call that he got from his daughter. 
And at first, he, he didn't really think that it was going to be that big of a deal. But over the next couple of days, he got hundreds of calls and people contacted him that were concerned about his death, which is pretty funny. So yeah, Sinbad isn't the only one. There's been obviously lots and lots and lots of celebrities that have been uh, the victim of premature obituaries thanks to people editing on Wikipedia. Right bus. In November 2015, an erroneous statement was added to the Wikipedia article for Right Bus. Right Bus is kind of like, you know, like those big red buses you kind of think of in like the UK? It's very similar to that. Anyway, uh, somebody, someone claimed that a, some sort of a company called First Group, a Scottish based transport company, had purchased Right Bus. The false information was quickly spread by word of mouth, and people were panicking about the company's more than uh, 1,500 employees, deciding what was going to happen, were they going to lose their jobs, were they going to be relocated. So the hoax spread very quickly, but it was discredited by a local newspaper. That's kind of funny, though, that people freaked out about this. They saw it on Wikipedia, they were like, oh my god, i got to call my friend, we're going to lose our jobs. Amazing to think that that was only five years ago. In November of 2015, people were flipping out. But I mean, you know, you see something on Wikipedia. Yeah, I know, like I said earlier in the show, that the joke is, oh, you can't trust anything you read on Wikipedia. But generally speaking, I trust the shit I read on Wikipedia. So if I saw that, I might be a bit shocked as well. This is one of my favorite ones. Jarido Wens. And now, if I may, a dramatic reading. In Australian Aboriginal mythology, Jaido Wens is a god of earthly knowledge and physical might. Created by Alt-Jira to ensure that people did not get too arrogant or self-conceited, he is associated with victory and intelligence. Jarido Wens lasted for nine years and nine months on Wikipedia before being discovered. Let's find out a little bit more about this guy. Now, the article was created in May 2005 for a fake deity known only as Jarido Wens, which people tend to believe was most likely the reworking of the name Jared Owens. So this guy kind of chopped up his name to sound cool. Jar. Edo Wens is actually Jared Owens, they believe. He was the creator of the article, and they end up finding him because he made just three Wikipedia edits. First, he created the page, then he added in Jar Edo, and then he made up another fake deity. I forget what that one was. It wasn't as cool as Jar Edo. Uh, Yoram. It was Yoram. And he listed these as Australian Aboriginal deities. The entire process took him just 11 minutes to complete, but the Jarido Wens page, despite being flagged in 2009 for lacking sources, stayed on the website for nearly 10 years. During that time, Jarido even found his way into a book criticizing theism, being mentioned as a god who had fallen out of favor. When the hoax was finally outed in March 2015, it was officially recognized as the longest-running hoax in Wikipedia history. Though it's since been surpassed in that respect, the Jarido Wens legend lives in the history of Wikipedia hoaxes. Jarido Wens, it totally sounds like that should be a name from Star Wars. 100% Sith Jarido Wens. The Deadweights. The Deadweights are an American punk rock band formed in New York City in 1978. They're actually not. That's totally false. They This article lasted for 12 years and 3 months. Now, I read this one. This They still have some of these articles. They're listed as hoaxes on Wikipedia, and there's all sorts of boxes and red lettering that says to tell you this is a fake article. Um, but they do have some of them still on there, and The Deadweights is one of them. I read it. It was a super long article about this fake band. And it talks about their early history, how the members met, the different members that have been in and out of the band over time. It lists their discography. They have like four or five albums. Then the the 
the band broke up and there was fighting there was drug use a guy dropped out on tour another guy came on then there was a reunion tour new album blah 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 and they had links to other fake pages that they made so they kind of went in depth they had like a myspace page they had like two or three other pages that had information about the deadweights and they used those as their sources on wikipedia so a few different web pages would all sort of bounce off each other to make it the illusion that the deadweights was actually a real band it was not like i said it was up there for 12 years and three months pretty funny that somebody would put a lot of time into making up this entire fake sort of mythology about um about a punk band seems like a lot of work for nothing but i suppose somebody out there had this project that they decided they were going to try to do and it was pretty darn successful maurice jar in march 2009 the academy award-winning composer maurice jar died quotes that appeared in several obituaries for him including one by The Guardian, which I believe is a British paper. Yeah, a, yep, a leading British newspaper. Included the quotes, Life itself has been one long soundtrack, and when I die, there will be a final waltz playing in my head that only I can hear. Now, the problem with those quotes is that he never actually said any of those. So this guy, Shane Fitzgerald, who is a student, or was a student, at University of Dublin... He heard of the guy's death, and he decided that it would be a really good opportunity to test how the media used Wikipedia. Now, this is back in 2009. So he knew that, you know, journalists, they're looking for that instant news. they got to find information super quickly and report it, and they don't always do the best job of fact-checking to see if it's accurate. So it, it took him less than 15 minutes to make up these quotes and add them into the Wikipedia page. And he expected that newspapers, websites, blah, 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 would not use the quote because it wasn't linked to any other source. So it just popped up out of nowhere. But the fabricated quotes became widespread. And he later admitted his crime. And uh, instead of, you know, saying, I'm sorry I did it or whatever, he blamed Wikipedia for allowing the quote to spread. And he also blamed the journalists. So he said, because he said that they write articles too quickly to verify sources, which, you know, has some merit to it. There is some truth to that. So that's another example of not a full-blown fake article, not a fake person. This guy was real. It was uh, adding in these quotes that were not real was the thing that they, was the hoax in this scenario. The next one is one of the biggest ones, perhaps the most uh, intricate, complicated ones. It's the Bilko-Lim conflict, or Beecholim conflict. Not sure how you pronounce that, and it doesn't matter because it's not real, but this entry showcased what is likely the most effort ever put into perpetrating a Wikipedia hoax. This one took a group of editors. <laughs> a group of editors on the site created a 4,500 word article all about the 17th century war between Portugal and India that never happened. The story was so convincing that Wikipedia granted it a good article status, which is an honor granted to less than 1% of articles on the site. The creator of the hoax even nominated the page for the featured article status. That is a privilege that is reserved for the best articles on the site, although the committee responsible for choosing the featured articles noted that some of the article's key sources were weak and ended up not selecting it. But what they didn't realize is that nearly every source used in the article was a non-existent book or other means. The only mentions of the Bilkolim conflict on the internet are linked back to the Wikipedia article. Mm -mm -mm. According to this extremely elaborate hoax, the Bilkolim conflict took place between 1640 and 1641. And now, a dramatic reading. In 1640, the Portuguese colonial armies locked horns with India's Maratha Empire in a war that would become known as the Belkolim Conflict. The legacy of the conflict shaped modern India, with the resultant peace treaty helping to establish Goa as an independent state. Thank you. That was strange how that dramatic quote changed accent mid, but I don't know how that happened. Again, this article lived on for five years and five months until a studious Wikipedia editor discovered that none of the books cited as references actually appeared to exist. 
This one is long. I read this one as well. There is an insane amount of backstory and what seems like really subtle but not all that important points and things it makes and to make it seem like this is actually something real like they're actually reporting on real history and this is still there again you can look up wikipedia hoaxes and find this one and actually read the original article basically in the state that it was discovered on wikipedia and it's just it's kind of amazing that it said a group of editors here took the time to build this giant fake war i mean i guess they did it just for kicks like they could say hey you want to see something funny Go on Wikipedia and look up look up this conflict, the Bilkolim, whatever it is, Bichalim conflict. And you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I see it there. And you'd be like, what the hell? 1640, like who cares about this? Portugal and India are fighting? I would have 100% believed it. And then your friend or whoever's like, yeah, that's total bullshit. We made it all up. You'd be like, what? You'd be like, yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming they did that for their kicks, right? For the jollies, so to speak, is why they did that. Who uses the word jollies? It's like I'm 98 years old. But it's seriously, I don't know who would go through all the time to do this. Other, I guess it's one of those things that's kind of like you do it just to say you could do it. There's really no reason. Like, like why did you climb Mount Everest? Because I could. Because it was there. I wanted to do it. Why did you put a totally long, super fake, intricate article on Wikipedia? Because I could. You know, one of those kind of things. Next one I have on my list is William Crawley. Now, this is, in fact, a real person. He is best known as a radio and TV broadcaster on the BBC in Northern Ireland. But did you know that he is just as comfortable busting a move as a breakdancing champion? Yes, it's true. Crawley was one of North Ireland's first breakdancers, his Wikipedia page details, and he had a membership in the exclusive Belfast B-Boys. I'm going to assume that's some sort of a breakdancing group. However, he suffered a serious spinal injury that ended his promising dancing career before taking up uh, broadcasting. That is totally false. He's not a good dancer, he said. When he found out about this uh, Wikipedia edit, he actually had pretty good fun with it and was like, I don't know who did this to my page, but... I am not a good dancer, and that is all a bunch of bologna. A bunch of delicious bologna with a little American cheese. I would probably say some Hellman's mayo, bring out the best. And maybe some, I like yellow mustard. It could be any kind of mustard, but yellow standard mustard is usually my all-time favorite. A little mix that, like I said, with the cheese, your bologna. I personally do like it on white bread. You could have it on, I you know, like I like a kabata bread if you want to go really nuts or some sort of like a hoagie roll if you want to do that you could but uh like i like my bologna sandwiches like that i do actually kind of like the american hoagie i don't know if, where you're listening you might not even know what a hoagie is it's a sub it's a grinder whatever the fuck you want to call it. it's a sandwich it's a hoagie really that's why i'm getting pissed it's a hoagie and you can also get it's called the american and it's got bologna in it it's not italian italian hoagies are very famous but the American has the bologna substituted in there for one of the Italian meats. I forget which one they take out. But anyway, um, I think I was talking about William Crawley before I got off talking about uh, bologna sandwiches. So anyway, yeah, he was not a real dancer. Our next one is Orange Julius. In June 2005, an article appeared on Wikipedia, and it was on the creator of Orange Julius. This was a popular fruit drink. Uh, similar in nature to the orange creamsicle, which I'm not really a big fan of that, but every once in a blue moon, that super fake orange creamsicle can be pretty delicious. Now, on the surface, the article seemed to be in, you know, proper order. It was just a short biography of Julius Freed, uh, featuring the early sections of his life and the creation of the drink Orange Julius. It also mentioned some of his other inventions such as the inflatable shrimp trap and the portable pigeon bathing unit. Now the alarm bells are starting to go off because that sounds absolutely preposterous. Amazingly, this obviously fake section of the article didn't get fact-checked until Jeopardy legend Ken Jennings discovered it. He set to work disproving this hoax and then posted the results on his personal blog. 
I feel like I need to check into that. Is that true, or did somebody add that into the Orange Julius article? Somebody added in, did Ken Jennings really do it? I don't know. Is this a fake edit? I can't tell. It's fake news. Cody or Kotai? Huh. How do you say it? I think it's probably Cody. Back in July 2008, Dylan Breves, a 17-year-old student from New York City, edited a Wikipedia article for the Kotai, Koti, a tropical American mammal. The only thing that he altered was adding that it was a Brazilian aardvark. That's a great word. To a list of the creature's nicknames. Now, why did he do this? Well, on a trip to the Waterfall, which is a system of waterfalls in Brazil, and I did pronounce that correctly, Breves and his brother had misidentified the Cody's as aardvarks. So he said that he didn't like to be wrong about things, so he inserted the false name in as a joke. So That's, absolutely, that's ridiculous. God damn it, I was wrong. So I'm going to go to Wikipedia and change it so I'm not wrong. Fuck you. Now, like many of the other minor Wikipedia vandals, he expected that Wikipedia would try to remove his entry for a lack of sources. But an article in The Telegraph used the Wikipedia entry as its source, and Wikipedia later sourced the claim using the same Telegraph article. So The Telegraph, I think, is also British journalism thingy of some degree, I'm not sure. From there, references to Cody's as Brazilian aardvarks quickly spread, appearing in several major newspapers, as well as a book published by the University of Chicago. So he just made one little change. He made them into an aardvark, which I guess they're not. And people picked it up and ran with it, and nobody knew the difference. So how about that? Do you guys remember the show Double Hour? It was a classic. It was a German-slash-American television show that covered historic events in great detail over a two-hour span. So, two-hour-long program. Double hour. Similar to Double Dare. I'll take the physical challenge. This lasted for nine years and six months before being discovered as a hoax. There was no double hour. Totally sounds like it could be a real show. This next one is Edward Owens. Now, don't confuse this with Jarido Wens, which is almost spelled similar. Edward Owens is a fictional pirate. This is a fictional pirate. Arr. Created by students at the George Mason University. I've been there once. I had a fun visit. I think I went to a couple parties. It's probably blacked out. Who knows? Anyway, the students there in 2008 took a course, and it was called Lying about the past. That's an actual college course? Huh? Lying about the past 101. The students created a website, videos, and of course, a fake Wikipedia article to promote the hoax. They stated that Owens was an oyster fisherman. I love oysters. An oyster fisherman who turned to piracy as a method of survival during the Long Depression, an economic slump in the late 1800s. After several blogs, including one most notably connected with USA Today, they thought that this article was real. And, yeah, they reported it as an actual historical account, which is pretty funny. So then it did get discovered, obviously, and the perpetrators did admit their deceit. They said, my, my professor put me up to it. I'm in lying about the past 101. I just won an A, and I made up a fake pirate, which, I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot worse things they could do. Pirates are cool as shit, so why not make up some more? I mean, you got Blackbeard. There's not enough. We need more. We need more pirates. You guys may remember Richard Bradford. I do. He played college football at the University of New Mexico. That's the Lobos. In 1984, he was nominated for the Outland Trophy, given to the nation's top linemen. Bradford is also known for sacking quarterback Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham? What? He played for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. Anyway, he sacked the quarterback, Randall Cunningham, forcing a fumble and running it back 28 yards for a touchdown as time expired in the 1984 Las Vegas Bowl. The play was later dubbed the Fumble Rumble. I remember that so very well. That is a classic moment in sports history, except that it's totally fake. 
and it was on Wikipedia for eight years and 11 months. There is no Richard Bradford. I don't even know if they played in that game. I don't even know if there was that game. But whatever. It's all BS. John Seigenthaler. It's a tough name to say. I dare you to say that name 47 times straight. It'd be difficult. John Seigenthaler. In May 2005, an editor created an article, and, you know, a lot of times they don't know... And this article is confusing how this is written. I'm just going to break it down here. They often don't know who these people are who do the hoaxes because they just find it. It's bullshit. They delete it, right? Sometimes people will come out after the fact, especially if it's been on Wikipedia for a long time and try to take credit. So anyway, this one says they don't know who he was at first. He was identified only as an IP address, whoever he was. And he created a Wikipedia article stating that journalist John Sagenthaler was a suspect in the murders of both John F. Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy. Now, in fact, Sagenthaler was one of Robert's closest friends, as well as a pallbearer at his funeral. So it sounds like this is one of those where they edit something in the actual Wikipedia article. The article wasn't discredited until November 2005, when a friend of his spotted it and forwarded it to him. He described the incident in USA Today as a internet character assassination. So he was pissed. He was not happy that they said he was a suspect in their murders. And he described the perpetrator of the hoax as having a sick, twisted mind. The controversy made national news and marked one of the first times that the media asked serious questions on how reliable sites are with user-generated content. Finally, in December, a 38-year-old delivery man named Brian Chase revealed himself as the author of the hoax, saying he posted it because he thought Wikipedia was some kind of a gag encyclopedia. That kind of is character assassination, isn't it? You may remember watching World War II in color, or any other World War II program, and noticing that they had an entire section about the Reich Corpse of the Trombone. That's right. This was a Nazi organization of trombonists that were sponsored by the Nazi party during the rise to their power. And also, they lasted all the way to the end of World War II. Many of the founding members are thought to have been killed in the final battles in Berlin. That is a bunch of bologna. Oh, bologna sandwich, white breads, mustard, mayonnaise, bring out the best. That article lasted for five years and two months. That's one of my favorites. It's extremely short. I'm amazed that it lasted for five years because it's like three sentences. The Nazi organization of trombonists who rose to power, and then some of them died in Berlin. That's it. The Reich Corpse of the Trombone. One of the finest Wikipedia hoaxes. Jack Robichow. I'm not even going to pretend to be able to know how to say that last name. Uh, All right, let's get into this hoax. And now, a dramatic reading. Jack Robichow was a serial rapist in the 19th century who plagued the township of New Orleans. Most of his victims were overweight females. He was of Creolan descent, although police initially suspected that the assailant was black by his choice of victims. His talents as a jazz musician were praised throughout New Orleans until his crimes became public knowledge. A couple things that jump out to me about this immediately is he liked overweight females. He, (laughs) They thought he was black because he liked overweight females and he was a jazz musician. So, right off the bat, we've got some things that may cause suspicion. The article about Jack Robichow had been flagged as an orphan. Now, an orphan means that the article had few or no inbound links. What's more, the article featured a racist comment, and the only source provided did not mention anyone by that name. Worst of all, the article had been on Wikipedia for more than 10 years. Ten years and one month by the time it was deleted in 2015. Alimar the Wonder Cat was a hoax, and uh, it was not real. 
said that this was a children's TV program made by the BBC in the 1970s. Lots of BBC stuff on here. The series did not run for two series and was not the center of the magic-powered feline star run-in with nemesis evil Derek? Evil, evil Derek, Derek Badichek? The Jews use the Dark Darnation? Evil, evil Derek, Derek Badichek? Well, hello, well, hello everybody. How's everybody, everybody doing today? Welcome, welcome to Breaking Badichek. It doesn't say that. It just says, The Evil Derek Dark Dalmatian. It did not feature episode titles such as Scary Aunt Emma, nor was it the short-lived French version that included... This article's written weird. Sergei Gainsborough as the voice of Alimar. All of this rigmarammer was made up. Uh, made up a creation... Uh, Mostly on Twitter and on Wikipedia in 2013 by a man named Ed Wild. He loved his cat. He had a cat named Olimar, and he wanted to make a Wikipedia page for him, you know? So he made up this whole ridiculous thing that there was this uh, story, and uh, it lasted seven years thanks to the suitably psychedelic 1970s children's TV premises and some nifty photo editing that he did. This guy loves his cat. He made up a whole fake TV series for him. I love cats. I love every kind of cat. I just want to hug all of them, but I can't get hug every cat. Can't hug every cat. Gaius Flavius Antoninius was a Roman general who helped in the assassination of Julius Caesar in 44 B.C. He was later murdered by a male prostitute hired by Mark Anthony. This was totally untrue, but the hoax existed on Wikipedia for eight years and one month. Wait a minute. He was murdered by a male prostitute who was hired by Mark Anthony? Isn't that the guy who was originally married to J-Lo? That's some shit. Mayor Chen Fang. Chen Fang! This was a former mayor of the city of Winchown, China. Fang started his political career when he was 22 after graduating from a university in Beijing. After spending a year abroad in Japan, Fang decided to return to his hometown in China. Fang was elected mayor of the city on August 22, 2003. As of November 2006, he lives there with his wife, son, and daughter. However, Chen Fang was never the mayor of this town or any other town, and this hoax lasted for seven years and two months. If you're not having fun with these Wikipedia hoaxes, strap yourself in because this one is the tits. This one is great. Crocodile Shears. Now, this was an instrument of torture that was used in the late medieval Europe. Made of iron, the shears were blades, with generously lined teeth or spikes. After being heated red hot, the crocodile shears were applied to the penis, which, once exposed to sufficient tension, was torn from the prisoner's body, or at the very least, severely mutilated. This disgusting hoax existed for six years and four months. You know what they ought to do? They ought to find this prick who made this crocodile shears hoax. Give him a little crocodile shear action and tear off his dick. Can't believe this. Sickening. Really sick. Some people are really sick who make these edits. Really sick. Unit 773. Again, all you World War II buffs out there. This was a secret Imperial Japanese army that manufactured the Reich Corpse of Trombonus. No, I'm just kidding. But it was a secret Imperial Japanese army facility that focused on the development of biological weapons during World War II. It was operated by the Japanese military police in Songo, China. However, it's completely ridiculously false in every way, shape, and form. The city doesn't exist. The unit doesn't exist. None of this crap existed. The hoax lasted for five years and eight months. Hey, one of my favorite programs back in 1949 was Snappy and Friends. 
You may remember it as a brief segment that was featured on the Puppet Frenzies, which first aired in 1948. The series was about a character named Snappy. His enemies were Inkwell Thompson and the Darkness Twins. Snappy and Friends ended up leaving that show in 1951. Later that year, all of the seven-minute Snappy cartoons were repackaged as The Snappy Show, which also features the original 1949-1951 Puppet Frenzy Snappy cartoons. Its sponsors were Mattel Toys and Kellogg's Rice Krispies. The show switched to color on April 15th in 1960. The Snappy series ended in 1967 but it also had a nice release of New World videos in the 1980s. Snappy no longer airs on television, sadly. This totally bogus and fake hoax lasted on Wikipedia for nine years and five months. Check it out. This is an article about one of our most beloved figures in American pop culture. Hey Everybody is the Brazilian edition, the best of album by Jennifer Love Hewitt released in late 2007. I couldn't keep a straight face and say that. The album features songs from Hewitt's album's Let's Go Bang. What? Let's Go Bang. 1995 is when that came out. Is that real? That's a pretty risque title. Jennifer Love Hewitt was pretty good looking back in the day, though. So, wow, what a title. Now, she came out with her self-titled album, Jennifer Love Hewitt, in 1996 and Bare Naked in 2002. Now, the Hey Everybody compromises the theme songs from the films I Still Know What You Did Last Summer and The Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. The compilation also features an acoustic version of Hewitt's biggest hit, Can I Go Now? This fake hoax lasted for 8 years and 11 months. Hey Everybody was not a real album, nor was it ever released in Brazil, which is the same because she's a national treasure. Just an absolute national treasure. A few more here and we're going to wrap it up. This one, this is the most preposterous. Who the hell can read this word? And this just isn't me being bad at reading pronunciation. This is actually a super impossible word. Chai-zing-ho-ex-i. Here, I'll I'll actually spell it out for you so you can see I'm not ridiculous. C-H-A-O- Z-H-O-U-X-I-E-Y-E. Now you send me an email and you tell me how the fuck I'm supposed to say that. The email is philinterrupted at gmail.com. This was a Chinese brand of leisure wear. It is best known for their plastic open-toe slippers or flip-flops. Wait a minute. Aren't those called Crocs? It's hard to say company is Hanghu Pingyin. Huh? For what literally means Chai Zhu style. Gangnam style. Whoop, 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 whoop. The brand has cult status due to its unusual name and because of its difficulty, uh, which Anglophones have in pronouncing it. Yeah, you could say that again. Due to its adoption by English football hooligans holidaying abroad, the wearing of these slippers is banned in many Turkish and Cypriot beach resorts frequented by English holidaymakers. Those damn English football hooligans, they get out of control. They're like walking gangs and they'll fight with you. Other teams and stuff is stupid. Several celebrities have been seen in their beloved slippers, including Jody Marsh and Ken Dodd. You guys know who Jody Marsh and Ken Dodd are? I asked my wife. She said she had no idea. I don't know who these people are. They're such great celebrities. But here's the kicker. The 1990s pop group CNC Music Factory also is a huge fan. And their hit, Things That Make You Go Hmm, may have inspired the open-toe plastic slippers and shoes. That's amazing. Can't believe it. CNC Music Factory loves them, and they helped inspire them. That is fantastic. Now, this hoax lasted for eight years and two months, which kind of makes me sad that it's a hoax. Uh, I guess everybody should just go dance now. The Horng Fong is a legendary reptilian creature believed by some to be a pygmy still alive in the jungles of the Mekong Delta. 
Now, some native villagers described it as a large turtle with a horned shell on its head. Little to no physical evidence has ever been provided to prove its existence. This kind of reminds me of Bigfoot. According to the book Animal Tales, an anthology of animal literature, footprints were photographed in the 1930s. Well, this again sounds like Bigfoot. Researchers dismissed these as crocodile prints, and the photos soon vanished. A few attempts have been made by Westerners to track the creature, but there have been no sightings outside of the local population, with the exception of two French missionaries in 1908, who saw several crossing a river and described them as a wolf pack made up of pig-like crocodiles. With no recent sightings and very little information, the Horng Fong has little credibility and is most likely to just be an actual species of turtle, possibly now extinct. The legend of the Horng Fong was uh, on Wikipedia for eight years and two months before it was discovered as a hoax and deleted. And now we're to my favorite one, I believe. Perhaps, out of all of them on here. Jario Avalos Rodriguez. He was born on August 26th, 1989. Just a youngin'. He was, as you may know, an American yo-yo champion. He attended Stanford University in Palo Alto, California. And he was a major in computer science. Rodriguez was born and brought up in the tough neighborhood of Gilroy, California. I'm going to stop you right there. I've been there. Gilroy, California is the garlic capital of the world. The world. There's so much garlic there. You just drive through town. What's that I smell? What's that I whiff coming through the window? Coming through the vents in the car? It's, uh, it's garlic. Yep. Yeah, they have a big sign. This is the garlic capital of the world when you come into town. Just a little side note there for you. It was here in Garlic Gilroy where Rodriguez honed his yo-yo skills from a young age, learning from Master Simon Harris. He competed in many amateur contests as a youngster, and he took top honors at a local tournament in Del Mar, California at the age of eight. Good form led to an international call-up in 2001, after which he signed with the Yo-Mega Yo-Yos. However, he had a disappointing first year and was dropped after only eight months with the brand. After training in isolation for seven months in Japan under the supervision of local legend Shinju Sayato, Rodriguez found his passion for the sport and made a comeback on the competitive scene. He took home the first place medal in his next four competitions and was named the Duncan Rising Star of 2003. The American won two league titles and was promptly picked up by Diff EO and was twice nominated for the International Yo-Yoing Association World Player of the Year and won on both occasions. He was named the International Yo-Yo Association Players Player of the Year twice and the Yo-Yo Writers Association Player of the Year three times. In 2006, Rodriguez suffered a blow to his yo-yo career at the International Yo-Yo Association Championship. He lost a nail-biter to newcomer Hiroyuki Suzuki. It was on a mere technicality. On his way to the locker room, Rodriguez punched the wall in frustration and shattered his wrist. Rodriguez is currently recovering from this drastic injury and has not made a comeback yet. This hoax lasted for eight years and one month. That really felt to me like a dramatic reading, even though I didn't have the music. That's my favorite one, probably. A yo-yo champion. Man, this guy is baller. He's a freaking baller. This guy, he got dropped from his label. <laughs> Seven months isolation, Japan. That is someone who's serious about the craft of yo-yoing. Not only that, he was under the supervision of a local legend. Shinju Siato? Are you kidding me? Of course he refound his passion. 
This one's great. I love all this fake made-up stuff. I think it is. I think it is. I didn't research this. Is there really an International Yo-Yo Association? If there is really an IYA championship, I will fall over. I need to I need to actually check this out right now. Hold on, let me look this up. I need to find out if this is real. I Let's see what we got here. Okay, there's no IYA not finding that. But I did find the International Yo-Yo Federation. This is a non-profit organization dedicated to developing and promoting yo-yoing as a sport on the global level. Wow. That's real. You got a logo and everything. Wait a minute, they have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> I'm serious. Let me click on this just to make sure that this is... Oh no. Why can't I open it? I couldn't open the Wikipedia page. You gotta be kidding me. Is this really happening? The International Yo-Yo Federation Wikipedia. My computer says Safari can't open the page. Can't establish a secure connection. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they got some videos on YouTube. Anyway, so, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't doubt that there are some real yo-yo competitions out there, but... This one, the IYA, is definitely fake because I can't find any information on uh, Wikipedia here, so can't be real. All right, guys, well, that's going to do it here for our Wikipedia hoaxes. I hope you enjoyed them. Some goofy stuff there that people try to get on, on the Internet and Wikipedia to make other people fall victim to their malicious intent. Now, like you saw, some of these, they're so benign, they're so not important that you can see why nobody cared. If it, I mean... This one about the Belgian painter, the very first one I talked about, who cares if that's on there? No one's ever going to look it up. Some of the other things that I saw about these fake articles is if no one ever looks it up, is it even really that big a deal? Like, I even saw a Wikipedia editor on YouTube who said that. He was like, we want to keep the accuracy of the website, obviously, uh, near 100%, but occasionally there's some that slip through the cracks, and if they don't hurt anybody, are they really all that big a deal? Like... If it has, like, six views and it's been up there for 13 years, like, who really cares? Eh, I guess he's got a point. Any questions or concerns, you can send it to philinterrupted at gmail.com. Well, I guess that's it. Another episode in the books, guys. We're making moves here on Phil Interrupted, and we will catch you next time. Peace out! And that is all a bunch of bologna, a bunch of delicious bologna with a little American cheese. I would probably say some Hellman's mayo, bring out the best. Don't tell me what I can't do! The Jews. The Jews.